0: Everyone, thank you for joining me today and I'm really excited about today's interview with Julie Nice of parisfoodaffair.com and it's a food blog all about eating and dining in Paris and I actually came across her blog while I was in Paris and researching online about where to eat in Paris and so Julie and I we talk about a lot we talk about why she moved from the US to Paris and how and why she became a world-renowned food blogger. We also talk about French food and dining in Paris and what she loves most about French food and the whole French eating culture and how it still stands out in the world. We also go into how her blogging eventually led to a published book and a TV show, how all that grit finally paid off so if you're going to Paris or if you're curious about French food and eating in Paris I think you'll find this episode very interesting or if you're a food blogger or a content creator or an aspiring one I think you'll find this interesting as well okay so today I'm with Julie Nice and she runs a blog called Paris Food Affair correct that's correct And I was looking up food in Paris, I'm Mm -hmm. here in Paris (laughs) and I stumbled across your blog and it's so great to chat with you today. And your blog has a lot of information for anyone interested in food in Paris, eating in Paris, restaurants, things like that. So for starters, can you tell us about yourself and how you became interested in Parisian food?
1: Sure. So I actually uh, grew up in Dallas, Texas. And when I was in college, I ended up doing a study abroad trip in 2003 that just made me fall in love with France. I was there for six weeks. It was the first uh, country in Europe that I've been to. And so I think that's obviously why I just fell for France. And um, I was there studying the language. And so I got to really interact with people and I really got interested in the culture. And of course, in Pastries, and you know, for the first time, really started liking wine. But I would say that I don't think it was till a couple years later, you know, after I had actually lived in France for a year after college, and then when I was going back to just go to Paris to kind of get my fix, it was actually when I was planning for those trips, I would start looking up, well, where should I go eat? And so I would look up food blogs, all these food blogs, and start making these lists of what restaurants I wanted to try. And that actually was the thing that started getting me really interested in food because I was just so excited to see where I could go eat, you know, while I was in the culinary capital.
0: Wow. Okay. So it's interesting. So it sounds like you've come here quite a bit.
1: Uh, Yeah. So I've been coming to Paris now for, and eating in Paris for 15 years now. And uh, after that first, you know, six weeks, that I spent in France I came uh, I did I moved to France for a year after college and then I came to France at least once a year after that and then in 2010 was when I decided you know what I'm tired of just visiting for two weeks out of the year I want to come for longer and so that's I moved there in
0: 2011 okay so did you come here for work or what brought you here
1: You know what it really honestly was just uh, a love for Paris I just um, every time I went you know honestly it always felt like home to me and I and uh, like when I would leave I would sometimes cry you know because I just missed it so much there's just something to me about Paris that draws me to it and, and when I went on that trip in 2010 I just I pushed back my flight so I could come back later I started planning if I could come back for a month or three months and my friends were kind of like you know you were just there for three weeks and you know, you, I don't think that a month is going to do it. And so that's when I started thinking about, about moving there. It's really just about the fact that I just, I love Paris and I just wanted to be there full time.
0: Wow. Okay. And then, so it also sounds like you went online, you started researching food, where to eat here, and Mm -hmm. then you got introduced to the world of blogging.
1: Yeah, it's funny. It was kind of other people's food blogs that got me into food in the first place into like really being into food uh, to the point where I plan all of my trips around where I'm going to eat. And, um, and so then, yeah, by the time I moved to Paris, I was very much already a a foodie and very much into the Paris food scene. And so just by being passionate about it, I was constantly, you know, going to the best restaurants in the city. And, and by that, I don't mean, you know, these three Muslim star fancy restaurants, there's a place for that, but it was just kind of who are the up and coming chefs that are making the best food. And then of course I would meet other foodies and, and things like that. And, and that just kind of led down the path of, wait a second, you know, I have a lot of knowledge about you know, where the places are to eat here. I take photos of food on like every time I got to eat just because I just enjoy it. It's like, why don't I do something with all these photos and all this knowledge?
0: I've seen your photos. Yeah. Your website has a lot of photos. I really like the photos that you have up. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So yeah, as I said, I checked out your website and of course I was, I'm a tourist and looking for places to eat. And I was wondering what you love most about the food here in Paris.
1: You know, the thing that I really love the most about uh, food in Paris, it's, it's I'm not as much drawn to traditional French food, although obviously that has its place as well. To me, it's about the kind of more contemporary seasonal market cooking There's so many restaurants where the chefs are just cooking according to what's fresh and what's in season, you know, that week. And so the menu is constantly changing. It's my favorite thing in Paris to go to a reputable restaurant or a chef that I know is just a great chef. And you can go in and every time you're going to have something different. But you can trust that the quality is going to be great. But I constantly get to try new dishes and get wowed by whatever they're cooking because they're cooking according to what is the freshest thing right now.
0: So do you find that's different than food in the states or dining in the states? Uh
1: for the most part, yes. And I think th- I think it's changing. There's definitely, especially in, you know, bigger cities, there are definitely food, um restaurants that are doing that, you know, farm uh to table cooking and that sort of a thing who are changing their menu according to what's seasonal, but I I think it's more of a rarity than it is the norm. Okay. And, so
0: yeah. is, so that is that the norm here in France? Like, I haven't noticed that myself. I haven't been dining enough to notice the menus changing and things like that.
1: I think it is. I think it's much more the norm than the other way around. You know, I think, you know, the way we kind of do it in the U.S. is you go to a restaurant and it's going to have the same menu and you can get your favorite thing, you know. But there's tons of restaurants in Paris, especially, you know, the good ones where you go in and, and it's always going to be different uh, according to whatever it is that's, that's, that's best at the moment. And I think that's a totally normal thing versus here. I think it's more, you know, these kind of restaurants that you're seeing on, on, you know, in food publications and that are on the best, best in the U.S. list and things like that. It's, it's the groundbreaking restaurants that are doing that sort of thing.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: And in Paris, I do think it's kind of a, it's a kind of a way of life and a way of cooking to have, yeah, like the, the plat du jour or, or your enti- entire menu being created fresh every day.
0: Very exciting. And uh, one of the things I've noticed is more food stores. So I'm just, I'm staying in an Airbnb and just the street, I walk outside my apartment and then the next street over is just filled with all kinds of different food stores. And it seems like there's more shops.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's one of the other things that I really love about kind of the French and their food culture is, you know, they have, there's such a premium in the culture that's, that's place on food and where you get it from and so you know when the French are doing their shopping it's they're going to the butcher to get their beef and then they're going to the weekly market to get their produce and then they're going to the fish guy to get their fish they're going to the cheese guy to get the cheese you know they're going to every place the charcuterie shop um they specialize you know they're artisans in their yeah. craft and they really specialize in what they do and so you the idea of just going to a supermarket it exists don't get me wrong there's a lot of the population that does just go to the supermarket but for people who really care about the food that they're getting and for a lot of the french it's you go to the person who specializes in making that thing
0: yeah that's what i've noticed there's a lot of these different shops
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then that goes down to chocolate shops and, you know, and pastry shops and yeah, all of it.
0: Chocolatier or something? Chocolatier? Mm -hmm. Chocolatier, yeah. Chocolatier. Oh, so good. So what about um, organic food? Because one thing that I've noticed here in Paris is that organic seems more mainstream than in Canada. And uh, I've noticed organic grocery stores. And I'm wondering what, if you've noticed a difference between home and France when it comes to organic food.
1: I don't know if I notice it as much specifically with organic uh, food as I do. Mostly, I say that because there's the onset of you know Whole Foods and Central Market and so many even just grocery stores in the U.S. now have an organic section. I feel like there's a growing demand for that, so you know you do start to see it more now in the U.S. and it's true, that does exist quite a bit in France, but I think in France, even more so than just organic, it's the quality of the produce. You know, there's still, uh, every neighborhood has to have, uh, by law, two markets in every neighborhood. Okay. Two per week.
0: Two so farmer's twice. markets? Or? Yep.
1: Okay. Yep. Uh, so two ta- two times a week in every neighborhood. And so you still have fresh vegetables you know that are coming in from from farms and so even if it's not uh organic the quality of the produce is to me to me is just above and beyond just because of the freshness of where it's coming from mm-hmm. but it is true that there is also you know there's like uh in the sixth there's the respite market that's once a week and it is a 100 percent organic market you know and there's a lot of sections in stores and there's entire stores that are dedicated to it you know, the French definitely do have an emphasis on, on the quality of their food, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely something pretty famous for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's uh switch gears a bit and talk about your journey as a blogger. And so you said you started blogging like five years ago or has it been longer?
1: Um gosh, good question. I should know this now. It was either 2013 or 2014. Uh, that I started it. And I actually, yeah, I just started it because I had a friend, a French friend who was also a, a food lover and she and I would go to restaurants together and things like that. And then she decided to start a French food blog. And suddenly I see her, you know, I don't know, just getting invited to these events. And suddenly she's a blogger and you think, and I'm watching her make this thing. And I'm like, I've got, I've got all the photos. I've got all the knowledge. like. I can do that too, you know, and I, and I also think back to all the people who, because they put their food blogs out there while they were living in Paris, you know, that for me was made it a game changer and, and really developed my passion for food. So I thought, why, why shouldn't I do the same thing, take the knowledge that I have and the photos that I have and put it out there for people who are coming to Paris so that they can know where the best places are to just appreciate all that Paris has to offer.
0: Wow. And I guess, I mean, if you're going to different restaurants and different food places and taking these photos anyways. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. It's like, it's like, you know, why not do something with all of them? Like I really just had them on my phone because it's like, I like having them and I like remembering the dishes that I had at any given restaurant, but it's like, I've got all this, you know, I had just had, I probably had thousands of photos, you know, from, you know, go to multiple restaurants per week and I just let them sit there. So it's like, why not do something with them?
0: Wow. Wow. So has blogging changed your life or is it a part of your life?
1: Uh, it's interesting. I would say that, um, a lot of it for a long time, the way that it was cool when I first started it, because just by nature of starting a blog and and obviously there's a lot of work that went into like creating the website, building something that looks, you know, professional only using really high quality photos and trying to kind of find my own voice and unique way of talking about what's there. But it was interesting how that small switch of, you know, creating a blog meant that when you're hanging out in these foodie circles or you're at events or whatever it is, to suddenly have credibility, you know, just because it's like, oh, this is Julie and she's a blogger, you know, and it's like, yes, yes I am. It's like, I'm the same person who had the same knowledge before, but by having this publication, it just, it kind of gives this extra level of, of credibility, which was just kind of, it was fun to have, I guess, when you're hanging out with other food lovers. And I would say in terms of how it's changed my life now, you know, it took a lot of years of just writing and posting and writing and posting. And then now I'm getting opportunities. Uh, You know, I got to actually uh, essentially write all of the content for a a book about eating in Paris that uh, Bloomsbury Publishing just recently published. Um, And so that was a neat opportunity. And then I've written a lot of articles for like, you know, Eurostar and Amex essentials and all these other kind of companies that I thought, wow, who would have thought that I would have, you know, gotten to be published with them. And, and, and now recently, as of this summer, I got offered to uh, have a, a TV series. It's like a 12 episode TV series. That's me showing food in Paris. <laughs> so in some ways, yeah, it's like, wow, I never expected that to happen.
0: See, and this all came about because of your blog.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's- from the blog. Yeah. The producer uh, found my blog and she found a, a video that I had posted. And so she contacted me about, about being the host and kind of went from there
0: that's very exciting and yeah. um and the book what was the what's the
1: book called um it's called eat like a local it's only currently published in the uk but they're hoping that they can also uh publish it eventually uh in the u.s as well or in north america but it's called eat like a local and it's a series of books uh that essentially takes uh right now it's london tokyo and paris and um they take recommendations from locals who are foodies. So a lot of times it's food bloggers uh, or like, you know, just people who are obviously kind of know what they're talking about. And they take the recommendations in different categories, you know, so like chocolate shop, classic French bistro, you know, depends on the city. Um, And so, yeah, that's what the book is about is kind of taking those recommendations from those foodie locals who live there.
0: Very exciting. And so it sounds like what I've heard people say with blogging is that it's good to stick with it. So just start it if you're passionate about it and then do it consistently Mm -hmm. and work at it. Do you agree with that advice?
1: Oh, I definitely agree with that. And, um, you know, it's something that I've actually kind of had a hard time with over the years because it's taken up so much more time than I thought that it would, you know, it's like, if you care about kind of what you're putting out there, then it's like, you're not just going to put something out that's like quickly written or sloppy or doesn't have the right photos. And so I spend an enormous amount of time, like writing these things and editing the photos. And so, you know, I have a full-time job. And so doing this in just in my spare time, it's just been harder than I thought to um, consistently put new things out there. And so, um, but, but that is key for sure. It's like, you know, I myself could do a better job of, of doing it more regularly, but, I think that is absolutely key is to keep going, keep putting stuff out there, keep coming up with unique ideas and really thinking about, you know, what is it that, that people who are coming to your blog, what is it that they want to know about or want to read about or want to see? Do you want to tell us more about your TV show?
0: That's so exciting.
1: Oh, thanks. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, so essentially it's on this network that's called recipe.tv, which is on the dish network, but, um, it's also a syndicated, uh, it's a syndicated show, a syndicated network, and so that means it can show on any number of channels. It just depends on each area. So it's kind of like you can search and find out if it's in, uh, if it's in your area or not, but it's its own network essentially that is all about uh, traveling around the world and talking with chefs and having them show their signature dishes in a, re- in a popular restaurant or just in general, you know, this series, it's called A Parisian Food Affair, which is a play off of my blog name, A Paris Food Affair. And, um, and it's just, it really focuses on essentially the culinary culture in Paris. And that can mean like, what are the top 10, you know, classic French dishes that you should try, or let's go to this, uh, this classic French bistro, Bistro Paul Bear and find out how they make their signature dishes, sole meunier and steak au poivre. And so then we go in the kitchen, and the chef shows us how they make that dish. And then we talk about the bistro and why it's become, you know, so beloved among Parisians. And so it's kind of like a whole, and another one we did was like, uh, it's about urban farming and how there's people who are growing organic mushrooms like in an abandoned parking garage that the city of Paris specifically put out there for, a good you know for someone to take over and use the space because they're really trying to promote things like urban farming and then a hospital that's growing microgreens you know and so we we go to those places we get the mushrooms we get the microgreens and then the chef that i'm with we go back and then he makes dishes from those things you know so it's kind of like a whole mix of things about kind of what's going on in paris with and its food that sounds exciting yeah it's a lot of fun so when did you say it would be airing it's supposed to be airing in November.
0: In November, oh, so pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, so it's coming up. Very cool. So I was wondering if someone has, and I know you blogged about this, you have a blog post about what, where to eat in a day, huh. Which, which patisseries to go to, where to get a baguette. Um, if someone was going to choose one restaurant to go to, in Paris, what would you say is the best, is the best place to go to?
1: Oh man. Or maybe, it's, a it's a, yeah, it's a hard one. You know, I think it comes down to essentially, it becomes, it comes out of the taste of the person. Cause some people are gonna be really excited to try like, you know, fine French dining, that's like three starred. And some people are going to want that classic bistro experience. They want to have like beef bourguignon or duck confit, you know, and that's very different from, you know, trying the kind of market cooking that I really enjoy, which is like small plates and like trying a bunch of different things. So when people ask me that, I always try to kind of fish around for like, what is, what is it that you're looking for in your experience? And so for classic French, I always tell people that Josephine Chez du Monet is my favorite. Uh, I think their beef bourguignon is just out of this world. It's been my favorite that I found in Paris. And they also do a perfect uh, duck confit, um, duck leg, which is delicious. And then um, for the small plates, gosh, I have a kind of a whole list of different restaurants that I like, but um, kind of one of my favorites is this one called Le Grand Bain, which means like the big bath. And the meaning behind that is kind of like a similar phrase in french that in english means like diving into the deep end. Okay. And so uh and that's the chef who I went to go visit that uh that urban mushroom farm and the microgreens like he's doing some really cool stuff. He's like really working on um like reducing his carbon footprint and building like a sustainable Uh, restaurant world like right on the street that he's on he's going to start urban farming like down the street from where he is he makes his own bread which is incredible Uh, he only uses like hyper local sources and he's just I think such a genius in the kitchen just the stuff he comes up with is like it's aesthetically really beautiful but it's also just really tasty and um, it's one of those restaurants where yeah the menu is always changing so you go in and you'll try something different every time depending on what's in season.
0: Wow, sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, I really like it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. Well, um, was there anything else you wanted to tell us about French food or anything? Oh, I wanted to ask you about advice for young people. So people that are interested in food, a career in food or a career in food journalism, Mm -hmm. what advice would you have for young people?
1: So I would just say, I mean, I think you have to be willing to do it to put in a lot of work, you know, whether that's writing or photography or creating videos before you ever get a paid offer, you know, so you really have to enjoy it. You know, I went into this and of course it's like, yeah, the dream is that you would eventually get paid to do something. But I've spent years and years and years of just spending so much of my time writing this blog and have never, and have never, you know, earned anything until recently for it because I never, you know, wanted to put ads on my blog. I never wanted to do sponsored posts just cause it's like, I really just wanted to make sure that I was just delivering good information and didn't want it to feel that way. So, I mean, like, I've done this for years without seeing like a single, you know, penny of income, but I think you have to enjoy it and you have to continue to put in the work. You have to consistently update whatever you're doing And I think that if you want to get those paid opportunities that there's kind of some hustle that's involved in terms of, you know, you got to reach out and pitch unique ideas um, to see what people out there like editors are wanting to actually publish. But I think you have to have a body of work that you can show first, you know, that shows like what makes you unique and what you can actually do. I've never actually gone out and pitched ideas myself because it's just always been a thing I did on the side for fun. But you know, but nevertheless, it's like people have reached out to me and Even the Bloomsbury opportunity is a perfect example of, you know, you have to be willing to work for free at first and that can open new doors. You know, I meet a lot of people who kind of say, oh, well, they just want free content and I'm not just gonna give stuff out for free. But with Bloomsbury, it's like they they contacted me to just be a contributor, you know, one of the locals. And I really put a lot of effort and heart into all of my responses. And then she ended up coming back to me and saying, hey, you know, your responses were above and beyond everyone else's and we'd actually like for you to write the content for the entire book. And then I did get a paid opportunity, you know, so I think being willing to, to take opportunities, even if they're not paid in the beginning can, can lead down the road to other opportunities.
0: Okay. And I guess, um, if you're doing something like this as a side hustle or just as a passion project, it's easier to do, to do things that aren't paid, um, versus if it's a full-time, if it's a full-time gig.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, I think, I think you'd be passionate about it no matter what, because like, that's what's gonna, that's going to come across in whatever you're doing, whatever you're creating or writing or whether, whatever it is. Um, but the but the beauty of, I think, if you're willing to go full-time and make that your full-time career, is you'll have way more time to be able to, like, promote what you're writing and to write more consistently and to really get it out there. I think because of the fact that I had a very, um, had and have just a very, you know, time-consuming full-time job, I was never able to really... I'm not good at putting myself out there. I don't, I don't really promote my stuff. It's like, I just kind of created it and was like, well, I hope people find it, (laughs) you know, and, and, and it's worked out. But I think essentially if you are wanting to make it full time, it actually is, I think there's that much more of a growth opportunity because you can dedicate so much more time to SEO and to social media and to sharing what you're writing and to reaching out to people and finding connections. But, but I do think the underlying passion for whatever it is that you're writing about has to be there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that carries through always.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know what you do for your full-time job.
1: Yeah. So I actually work for a a company that's called Fat Tire Tours and uh, they do tours. They were the first English speaking bike tour in Paris. they have been around for 20 years now. And when I moved to Paris and obviously I decided I was going to be to Paris, I obviously knew I had to find a job and they were one of the first companies i reached out to because i knew that they favored hiring americans at the time and so they were the ones who sponsored my visa and i still work for them um but now i do business development for them kind of developing new tours and new cities we're in um nine cities and so five in europe oh. and four four in the u.s interesting so, yeah we do like bike tours and segue tours and walking tours and like skip the line for the eiffel tower and things like that okay Yeah. So it's a nice tie in because it's still, you know, it's still, I I still work a lot with Paris in tourism and, you know, have a lot of knowledge around just everything there is to do in terms of visiting Paris. But I also have that knowledge of the food world on the side, just as a passion.
0: It sounds like you'll know, you know, this city inside and out. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's great. Was there anything else you wanted to tell us today about food in Paris?
1: The only thing that I would say, I think for anyone who's, you know, going to Paris, maybe just for a first or second time is to go in with an open mind. You know, it's like, I didn't like tomatoes before I went to France. And then I tried one there and it was like, wow, this is like nothing I've ever tasted. You know, I've had friends who hated mushrooms or another friend who thought they could never eat something like sweetbreads. And then they, they had them there and they end up loving them. I think when things are properly made with good products and people who are passionate about cooking, it can really change everything. So I think it's important to just go in with an open mind about what you're willing to eat, because you could really end up being pretty wowed by it. That's the thing. There's a lot of things that I think are outside of people's comfort zones, but I think it's worth stepping out into just because it's like, there's so many interesting and flavorful things to try that may not be a part of that kind of Rolodex of what we're used to, but it'd be such a shame to go to Paris and just like eat chicken breast, you know, it's like, go and try the things that have made the French famous and and see what all the fuss is about. But with that, I would also say that I think doing research is important because just as much as there are incredible, wonderful restaurants out there, there's also a ton of really crappy you know, tourist traps that are not going to be good food. And so you can't just expect to walk into any cafe and get good food. You really do have to put some research into it and find out where the good places are.
0: Well, that's why I was so happy to find your blog.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's, and that's part of why I love doing it because I, you know, I've heard before of people who go and kind of, you know, shrug their shoulders and go, what's the big deal? I don't really have any good food there. And that breaks my heart because it's like, it's definitely there. You know, it's like, you just have to find out where it is and, you know, put a little effort into finding the right places. So how can people follow you online? So, in terms of my blog, the blog's just at www.parisfoodaffair.com, and then I'm on Instagram and Twitter as at Paris Food Affair, and I'm on Facebook as well. I'm the most active on Instagram, though. Okay. Like I said, it's a, being a kind of a full-time job trying to do the social media thing. It's like I'm not <laughs> as good as I could be on that part, but I put most of the focus into the, the actual blog posts
0: are great. So for anyone visiting Paris, definitely check out Julie's blog. And for anyone interested in food in Paris, it's definitely the place to look. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been a pleasure.
1: Sure. Thank you.
0: and that was my conversation with Julie Nice of parisfoodaffair.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll put the link to her blog at marywales.com in the show notes for this episode and I hope you have a wonderful and inspired day. Bye for now.